Hey there, welcome to the inn. Now that you've dropped off all of your stuff at your shed, you're ready to relax, pull up a chair, and come join us for some rested XP. Hey everybody, MTB Trigger here. With me as always is my co-host Ronald, aka Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is a New World podcast where we talk about all things New World, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. This show and all other XP Media shows are 100% listener-supported outside of the occasional sponsored episode, so keep your ears open for those, but we greatly appreciate anyone who has supported in the past or continues to support on Patreon. Along the same lines, we hadn't really announced this show moving into its own feed and spinning off from a couple of our other shows to all of our listeners or all of the other RSS feeds, but we've already had thousands of downloads, which is kind of amazing, and I just wanted to thank everybody for listening, and for those of you that are looking to help out or this is the first XP Media show you found, the first time you've heard me or Ronald, um, you're just looking to help out, the best thing that you can do is leave us a five-star review, follow us, like us on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. But those reviews are absolutely incredible for getting the show out to more people. And if for some reason you can't give us a five-star review, we love hearing your feedback and we always want to make the best show possible. So feel free to drop in Discord and give it to us there. Uh, But we always ask, even if you've been listening to all of our other shows and you're just checking this one out, leave us a five-star review. It really helps us out. It's something you can do for free that goes a very, very long way. Thank you very much for doing that, and thank you very much for listening. What's up, everybody? On tonight's show, we're going to get into a couple of things that have happened over the past few weeks. Man, a lot's been going on in New World since the last time we recorded a show. We'll touch on some of the highs, some of the lows, but we really want to talk about why we like this game tonight. It's really easy to talk about things that they could do better, and the game's new, and there's a lot of things they could do better. And, you know, it's fun to talk about the things that they've done well, because the game is new, and they've actually done a lot of things really well. But that all can really be summed up in why we like this game and what we're enjoying playing. So that's what we're going to touch on tonight with possibly many other rabbit holes, as we always do. So yeah, before we jump into that, if you're looking for us... We're currently playing on the Zabalba server, that's X-I-B-A-L-B-A, on the U.S. East Realm, and we're in the company Pachinki Logging Company. Before we jump in, uh, let's talk about our weeks in the game, man. How was, uh, how was your week in New World? It's been a good couple weeks in, in New World. I've, I've, since we've last recorded, I have reached max level and working on some professions, making money and learning some good resource gathering routes. Also pushing into some of the max level areas just to kind of explore what those are and what they look like. There's so many cool and different things in each part of this game. And if you get into new areas, you can see like the different trees, the different skins on them, and the terrain looks different. And the game's just really full. And I I really have enjoyed kind of exploring it as I've reached max level and then making it full circle back to the beginning and leveling some professions and you know, learning the economy, you know, being separate at every kind of town is, has its own type of economy and kind of learning that. And so it's been a lot of fun getting into all those things. How about you? Similar uh, sort of progress point, I guess, which was I hit 60 as well. And I was kind of chuckling to myself when you mentioned the high level zones. I've spent very little time exploring all the various zones because I have been so profession focused. And I got so honed in on Monarch's Bluff that, or Monarch, Monarch Bluff or Monarch's Bluffs? Monarch's Bluff? Monarch Bluff. I don't know. I think it's Monarch Bluffs. I think one's plural, one's not. Anyway, um, I've just been spending so much time perfecting my farming routes that, you know, I got to like level 53 or 54 and I was like, you know, I just really want to get max level. Some of that was because I wanted to get those max level tools, which I was excited about. But I went and did some of the main storyline, and it took me into some of those higher level zones. And I'll tell you what, <laughs> those monsters hit a lot harder when they're in a the level 55 zone uh, compared to <laughs> the random boar that knocks me off of a node uh, in Monarch Bluffs. 
<laughs> I I did experience some of that. But you reminded me of something that that I learned during the last couple of weeks. And as I was kind of perfecting how to get experience and, and move in towards max level, I got really focused on being efficient and doing so. So I started messing around with the town boards and I started figuring out that, you know, common healing potions and things like higher level crafting materials like oracalcum ingots and the the higher level, higher tier leathers and cloth can be worth a lot of experience. But I also discovered something and I mean, maybe everyone knew this, maybe they didn't. But when you're out in the world, you know, you get some quests to find those, you know, recipes or manuscript pages or whatever. And they're those glowing blue pages that you find out in the world. Well, when I was you know, starting my XP grind, I overheard a conversation in Discord and someone was talking about getting experience for the papers that you pick up. And I was like, wait, what? No way. There's no way that all those little blue shining papers give XP. Well, we'll, we'll find out if I'm the only one or if I'm not the only one. But I went out and while I was questing in every little town that I went in, whether it was for a covenant quest or a town board quest, I would search out those little blue papers and lo and behold, every single one that you inspect, and even if you just inspect it and quickly click out, each one of those papers gives somewhere between like 90 and 150 experience per paper. And some of the towns have five, six, seven of them. And I just, I <laughs> can't tell you how many of those I did not click while I was doing other stuff in the world. And so now when I run around the world, you know, after you click one, it's no longer glowing blue. It's just a white piece of paper. So now as I'm max level and checking out new zones and messing with higher level professions and stuff like that, I'll see these blue pieces of paper around and I'm like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I ran by that experience earlier and I could have been level 60 so much faster. <laughs> so talking about that just reminded me of it. So that was kind of my tip that I learned while I was leveling. So for those of you that are still on the uh, journey towards max level, I would highly encourage you to inspect every little glowing blue piece of paper that you come across. Yeah, that's a great tip because there are so many of them too. Every farm, every house is going to have a couple of them. You're going to see them inside of the different structures. If it's a lake kind of house structure where there's two or three buildings, and you'll notice that there's a pattern to the way that the houses and the different buildings are placed and they're kind of repetitive. There's maybe like four or five different placements and you'll see these blue pieces of papers usually on a crate or on the side of a building sitting on a crate next to usually like a supply cache of some kind and you definitely want to catch those and I didn't realize that there was XP there too until we talked about it a while ago and I started hitting them and it's anywhere between 200 and maybe 500 XP for each one of them as you see it. And that's actually does add up to be pretty significant. So I never saw him get that high in the, and I do, guess I wasn't really paying attention in the higher level zones. Did in the higher level zones, are they worth more? Cause I only saw him like be like a hundred, 110, maybe the occasional 150. I mean, it goes to reason that maybe there are areas with higher, higher value ones too. That's an interesting point. I guess maybe yes, because I quested before I was level 60 all the way through Eden Grove and the Great Cleave and up into Shattered Mountain, you know, and I did Morningdale as well. So I would say that, yes, it probably is worth more in higher zones. And I think that that's an interesting point because when I found them back in Monarch Bluffs where I originally had skipped them, you know, I didn't notice what the XP was because I was already max level. So it wouldn't have mattered. So yeah, it must be worth more in higher zones. You know, the, the other thing I just thought about was that Basically, every action while you have rested XP, the name of our show, shows the, the multiplier, the double XP when you earn it, right? So when you're, if you were mining or gathering and you had a rested XP bonus for having been lugged out for a while, you got extra XP. So I'm wondering if in, you, you picked one up that was worth a lot, and I wonder if you had rested XP when you saw it, and it was that like extra bonus. Because it's just interesting how different our values were. And so it made me think like, oh, maybe there's extra value on somewhere or maybe it was rested XP or who knows, someone someone else may know too. Yeah, I asked, that very much could be because I absolutely parked myself in an inn every time I logged out. So I was getting rested XP every time, you know, in between my play sessions, which because of, you know, work and just other things in life sometimes was a day or two between play sessions. So it could be very well possible that I was seeing some multiplier there. 
Well, yeah, and so <laughs> on top of leveling, uh, shortly after I hit 60, the other like big new thing that I did uh, just in the last few days was I kind of got involved in my first, I guess, war effort, you would call it, and my first like focused PvP attempt. I logged in, and I just happened to be up in Brightwood, and I was getting quests at the town board, and a bunch of people from the company started jumping all over my screen because they had just returned to Brightwood, turning in all of their PvP quests. And they're like, come on, come on, come on, flag for PvP, let's go. And I just logged in and I wanted to get some experience, but I was also in the mood to try something new. So I flagged, I grouped up, you know, flagged for PvP, got the PvP missions, and they had been running all of these PvP missions while the other faction was at war in two other countries or areas, I guess you would call them. And so they were trying to strategically take a area into conflict while this other opposing faction was at war. So they were just chaining as many PvP quests as they could back to back to back, and they sent a couple of us over to an outpost to take control of it. So um, I don't even really know the mechanics of the PvP stuff yet, but the best I can tell you have to you know, throw the area into conflict, which is done by doing PvP quests and a bunch of people doing them and turning them in faster than the opposing faction. And then I think you also have to control the outpost, which is kind of like a king of the hill. So you have to control the flag within an outpost and hold it and prevent enemies from taking it back. And I think you have to accomplish both of those things. And once it's a conflict state and you own the outpost, you can declare war or you can at least throw it into a conflict state so that you can declare war later. That's what I gathered from that first experience, and I thought it was really neat, you know, because at the end of it, I got to go turn in all the quests and get a bunch of experience, and also just got to be part of like a 15-person roaming PvP crew getting stuff done. So that was really neat, and I haven't done a whole lot of PvP yet, but it was cool to get involved with that and just randomly have that happen in the world. And I think that's one of the things that New World does really well, is that I logged in and there just happened to be something going on in the area that I logged in on, and people saw me standing there in the town, and it just formed organically. And I just thought that was really, really cool. I don't know how reasonable it is for that to happen again in the future from an expectation standpoint, but I'm guessing there's stuff like this going on all over the place that you can get involved in. I've noticed a lot of organic PvE groups forming around expedition entrances, and I have not had any trouble doing five-man content. I haven't done a lot of PvP yet, haven't explored into that yet, but I have gone by the entrance to an expedition and just spammed a general chat, hey, you know, DPS, whatever, looking for a group, and I really haven't had any trouble finding other people to play with on that front as well, or either. And I think it's a good sign for the game. Both of those things are available. And given where we're at in the release cycle, you know, there's still, I don't know how many people are hit the max level yet, but I know it's not the majority of players. So we'll see how it goes in the long term. But it's still fun that a couple of the groups that I was in, like one in particular was in the first dungeon that you get assigned to do, which I think is meant to be like a level 20-ish dungeon. And I did it with another level 60 and then three level like 22s. And the other level 60 was like, yeah, whatever, I'm just doing this, you know, for whatever reason. And I just thought it was cool because you still get something meaningful out of doing low-level content. So in other MMOs, it would be a waste of time. But in New World, you can still get meaningful things out of it, whether it's faction rep by doing the faction quest in that area. You can still get money from, you know, getting coins or whatever. You can get gold. You can still get gear that you can salvage for different, you know, for repair kits. I just think it's great the way it's designed because I have not played a lot of MMOs where going back to low-level content gave me something meaningful at max level. I think that the different options are interesting, and I think it's cool that you explored some PvP, and I've been exploring some PvE, and we can kind of both say that, you know, it does kind of work. Yeah, you know what, it does kind of work, and it kind of plays exactly into what we wanted to talk about tonight anyway, and it's actually got me thinking about very different things than I had actually prepared to talk about. I think the truth is that in the last couple weeks, you know, I've actually had a lot of fun in the game. And I kind of needed that from a personal standpoint. And to kind of give a little insight into that, those of you with kids will understand this. And 
I, I try. I know a lot of people listen to this and play games to escape the real world. So I'm sorry for bringing you back in for a minute. I promise I'll return. But I had both of my kids got pink eye and they both got sick. And so for the last like 13 days, we've had the, you know, never ending cycle of coughing through the night. And one kid is feeling better and running around like crazy. The other kid's sick and coughing and just a mess. So when I did have time to play, you know, I really wasn't looking for a stressful experience, you know. So like I loaded up PUBG, I loaded up Tarkov, the games that I, you know, play when I have small amounts of time. And I just, yeah, I wasn't into it because it's kind of a stressful situation. So I found myself back in New World and I wasn't really in the mood to do like group content. And I was invited to do some and it's like, ugh, you know, I just don't want to get in voice chat. I don't want to uh, join a group and, and do stuff that maybe other people want to accomplish and I don't care about right now. I needed the game to be fun and relaxing and sometime in short bursts. And I think New World does such a good job of this. You can play it as hardcore as you want, or, you know, you can just come in to relax and have fun. And that's what I needed the last few weeks. And, you know, this episode's a little late because of that. And trying to schedule when you have sick kids is an absolute nightmare because you don't know when you're going to be exhausted. And um, that causes a little delay. But when I did have time to play New World, I've been so focused on professions. My new goal is this achievement that's out there to get every profession to level 140. I think I have basically every crafting profession except furnishing over 150. And then I need, so I need to get furnishing and I think I need to get fishing up to 140. That's, that's kind of my like try hard goal, you know, and I can be very try hard when it comes to games and New World's no different. But for the last 12 days, it's not what I needed. And I logged in and I was like, you know what? I'm going to go do some side quests in some low level zones. I'm going to mess around with fishing. I'm going to see where some other gathering routes may be. And I would get these pockets of 10, 20, 30 minutes. And I didn't know how long they were going to be, but I would jump in and I would just go do something. And sometimes I would end up logging in, running and catching like three fish, and then something would happen and I'd have to go AFK and I'd get back to my computer and I was logged out. Never really felt bad about that. You know, I didn't lose anything. And seeing those little micro progressions while I was able to play was really fun. And then when I needed the game to be relaxing, I just found a cool place to go fish and level fishing that way. And so I kind of needed a break from grinding professions so that I could just go explore the game a little bit. So it, it all comes back to why I really, really love this game, because it does so much so well. But at the base level of, you know, when I have 10 minutes to play, I know I can log in and just relax and hang out or just have some fun by going and killing some stuff and doing a quick quest or two. So anyway, that's that's kind of my my story the last 10 days in the game and it just leads me to I didn't get involved in all of the like bugs and exploits and stuff that I read some about because I was having fun and enjoying myself because that's what I needed the game to be the last 10 days. I think that's great. When we game, we should have fun. It shouldn't be another part-time job. It's a way to escape and relax, of course. I do think that over the last couple weeks as New World has pushed through some struggles, it's definitely an opportunity to try to decide, you know, hey, why do you really want to play the game? What do you really like about the game? And some of the struggles the game has had affected, you know, my personal gameplay a little bit, but nothing to the point where I would consider not playing. You know, MMOs go through these interesting and uh, somewhat tumultuous periods when they're launched. And for all of you who are new to MMOs, and I know we have that segment in our in our listener base, you know, this is kind of normal. MMOs go through these things that seem like, the, you know, they can break the game, and they kind of do, but then they figure out a way to patch it, and the community kind of figures out a way to play the game in a different way, and then everything gets better. And then a couple weeks later, everybody's happy and everything's fine. And there'll be another patch down the line, which it's the same repeating cycle. And I kind of didn't want to get sucked into that this time around, you know? It's like the negative gamer cycle. And I just wanted to enjoy this game for what it is because I really have enjoyed the systems. And I think that New World is one of the most complete launches of an MMO that I've ever played. And MMOs are my thing. I play, I've played a bunch of them. Some of them have been great. Some of them have been not so great. And I would say New World ranks right up there with probably one of the best. Now, I know they had some major struggles that were pretty public, but 
just the way the game works and what you can do and how meaningful your time is. It comes back to your original point that if you can only play for 20 minutes, you can have meaningful progression in New World. You don't necessarily have to commit an hour or an hour and a half to have any kind of meaningful progression. And I just think that's so valuable. And that's one of the reasons I think it's going to have some legs and some staying power. And it's for sure one of the reasons why I'm going to keep playing it for a long time. Yeah, I think I think that's a great point. And, you know, I I don't even know all of the, you know, things that happened negatively in the game. A, a couple of them, I remember there was like a healing bug where you could like crouch and kind of exploit during wars or PvP. And I know that was pretty rampant. And then they had the bug where they, they think there was a duplication bug. So they had to turn off all gold transfers of any kind. So all trading and trading post. And, uh, you know, to your point, for those that play a lot, or were putting in heavy hours into the game, they could have had a big impact on the way you play the game for those few days where that wasn't working. And they probably lost some players to that, you know, because, you know, there may be some people who were heavily involved in the trading post and lost a bunch of gold or couldn't trade or it just kind of ruined their vibe early on in the game's life cycle. But you made a really good point there that MMOs have this stuff happen kind of all the time. And One of the great things about MMOs is that the nature of them is that they're always evolving and the player base is always messing with stuff and always trying stuff out and there's constantly patching. I mean, most MMOs go through a weekly patch cycle where a significant amount of stuff is fixed or changed or added and then there will be major content patches that completely change or add systems down the road. You know, so New World not having a subscription model is even a a bigger benefit to that because if they mess something up for you, if they do something that causes you to not have fun, you know, you're not paying $15 a month to not have fun, which some MMOs required you to do. (laughs) You know, you didn't want your account to elapse or, you know, you had to log in for something. But right now, this game is so new that they may break something. They may add something that you absolutely love. But taking a break doesn't have to cost you money, which is, I think, another big win. You know, which which also begs the question of what they're going to do to monetize going forward outside of just skins. And so there'll probably be a pretty aggressive expansion schedule, but you know, I think that's okay. I've already gotten more playtime in raw days out of this game than I would have in World of Warcraft, which I paid $15 a month for for, you know, 13 years or however long. So all of that plays into it is... I don't feel like I'm losing something if I don't log in and if there's something that's messing with my playstyle, which the trading post absolutely did. But I used that opportunity to go try out the professions that I hadn't learned yet, which was fishing. And I used that time to go quest and push to 60 uh, because I knew that I couldn't sell a bunch of stuff on the trading post. So I wasn't gathering as much because I didn't want to get overburdened. So one of my, like, if I had to give some advice on this, and I'm curious what you think about it too, but you know, when something breaks in the game, like it, it usually it's going to get fixed. I mean, that's just kind of my experience is that, you know, Amazon doesn't want a bunch of people quitting or having a bad experience. So if something seems crazy, it probably is, <laughs> you know, so like someone's telling you they can duplicate gold. I can't imagine that's intended and you probably don't want to get too involved in that. Um, or if the trading post isn't working at all, they're probably doing everything they can to get the trading post back, you know? So I, I, I'm trying to stay on the positive end of that and it didn't affect me that much because I was trying to level, but I do have some, you know, empathy and sympathy for those that were directly affected by it who were maybe their entire playstyle revolved around those systems. But at the end of the day, I think a lot of those issues got fixed in the middle of the week and they were only happening for a few days. You know, so someone who's just playing Friday, Saturday, Sunday uh, may not have even known that those things were in the game, you know, because if you're out in the world and gathering and questing and doing all that, well, the PvP bugs don't affect you at all. So this may be the first time you're learning about it. That's that's kind of the way MMOs go. And if you're new to MMOs, expect that down the road, something you're doing is going to break in a big way or it will change. But usually if it's wrong, they'll fix it pretty quick or you may have to find another way to do things because systems will completely change down the road. That's kind of how MMOs do content. Yeah. I would say that the most impactful thing that they worked through was definitely the turning off of the ability to exchange currency, right? And that's whether that's the trading post, whether that is 
trading with a friend or whether that's doing some kind of gathering to create something to sell it so that's more trading post type things that was a pretty impactful thing that they don't do those kinds of things lightly so amazon's not turning off the trading post because they don't want you to make money in their game right they're turning it off because there's some kind of game breaking mechanic that is going around that has been figured out that they need to change and that was a couple of days and then they patched it and then they fixed it and then the question came up about, well, what do we do about the people that have already kind of cheated their way to a certain point? Now, one of the things that happens in MMOs is you kind of end up with two different options. You can roll the game back or you can let it go and ban people, basically. Very rarely in an MMO or a persistent game are you going to have a rollback because progress, whether it's super fast or impactful by exploiting a bug or whether it's just normal gameplay is always meaningful. For those that are new to MMOs, it's very rare that they actually roll the game back. Something very disastrous has to have happened because you have to think about it. The number of people who actually exploited the gold cheat versus the number of people that actually played the game, I would guess is pretty small. It's just the way that this kind of thing works, playing the averages. Probably 80% of the player base that didn't even know it existed. And they didn't even understand why the trading post was shut off in the first place until they, you know, if they were to go to the official forums and read the dev post that was there. And not a lot of people do that. So I think that it's something to note that they didn't roll the game back. The people that participated in this problem, to your point, you got to be careful because it's interesting sometimes the person that can use the exploit and say, oh, yeah, it's just part of the game. It's in the game. I'm going to do it. But that can circle back around and get you banned because the way that they deal with this is, okay, punish the people that exploited so they don't have to take away the progress from the people that didn't. So it's an interesting time to be part of an MMO and at the launch of all of them, all of them have problems like this because some situation happens as we consume the content that they gave us and MMO players can consume content at an incredibly accelerated rate when they're excited about a new game. And if it's not gated in any way, usually time gating is how things work. It's just going to get blown through and something weird will happen. And it did in this game too. It's happened in many other games. It's an interesting distinction. I wanted to make sure that we covered and talked about kind of our opinion about why the game wasn't rolled back. Because I think that is an interesting talking point. Yeah, it, it could be seen as like a simple solution to the problem. But if you think about how many players are playing the game in any given minute, if they needed to roll the game back two or three days, the amount of progress and time and energy that went in across the entire board of the game has to be weighed against the health of what it does in the future and how many people that's going to just absolutely piss off. And so I think rollback in an MMO and persistent world is something they really never want to do. But you, you, were, you were talking about that decision from a developer standpoint I think that, you know, from a person who maybe plays on the weekends, it would be really easy to say, yeah, just roll it back because it doesn't affect me that much. For the person who's putting in a significant amount of time and playing daily or nearly daily, you could lose a lot from them rolling back a day or two. The developers have a huge risk because they don't know what they're going to lose, whether it's going to be a huge chunk of the player base or the player base's faith in their development capabilities. And so <laughs> I kind of laugh about this stuff happening so early in the game, which is kind of expected, right? You throw tons and tons of players into a new title and Amazon's probably getting a clinic right now in what it's like to have MMO players and, and new players that have never played MMOs, but throwing themselves at this content. I told myself I was going to take the game in casually and take my time and all of that kind of thing. But the profession system grabbed me. And so I kind of been grinding professions, you know, trying to find those super efficient things or ways where I can use buy orders on the market to like really add jet fuel into how fast I level professions and stuff like that. And that's just me in professions. So, you know, people that are really into PvP or really into dungeons or really into grinding up their gear score by killing elite mobs in the high level zones. They're going to be looking for efficiencies and ways to do things better, faster. I'm sure there are systems that Amazon either didn't think people would find very early or they thought they had it perfectly in place. And when you throw 
10, 20, 100, 10,000, 100,000 players at certain tasks, there will be some people that discover really unique and creative ways to conquer that stuff, especially in an environment that is action combat and you have vaulting and like very little fall damage. Like, <laughs> I can only think of the amount of ways people have found to like sort of cheese content and get around certain mechanics because it's, it's got to be far and wide. And that's also fun stuff to kind of discover when it's part of the game. You know, there's that weird line that's like, okay, what's part of the game? What did I just find by being creative with my character? And is this a bug? Is it an exploit? If I keep doing it over and over, is it really a bad thing? So again, I mean, there's a lot in the air here because Amazon has to be careful where if they just say, oh, well, we didn't tell you that was wrong, but it's wrong. And we just banned a bunch of accounts. Well, then players are going to be like, oh, well, I just discovered something kind of cool, but is it supposed to be this way? So there's there's kind of this fine line between creative use of game mechanics, which is the popular phrase coined by Blizzard with World of Warcraft and exploits. So, you know, if something seems too good to be true, you may want to look into it a little bit. But again, I, I just want to go back to some fun things about this game, though. Exploring and finding cliffs you can jump off to speed up your routes and you know, finding ways to, you know, get some chests without having to kill all of the enemies around that area. Those are efficiencies that you naturally discover as you get more familiar with the areas in the game. So extrapolate that by however many players are playing the game, and there's going to be some things that weren't intended. That's to be expected, but clearly these were massive, massive problems that got discovered, and they had to take quick action by shutting down whole systems until they could figure out how to move forward. You know, and they did. So I think that's a good thing. They took the action of disabling those systems instead of letting it run rapid for, you know, a week while they tried to figure out what to do. And it was kind of annoying at the time, but now it's in distant gamer history <laughs> <laughs> right? at this point. And so I think that they handled it well. And was the problem bad when it happened? Yes, it was terrible that it was there, but it's in the past now and we've moved on and really starting to enjoy the game. And so I'd like to talk a little bit about kind of the things that we do to have fun. And so I guess my question for you is, if you have 20 minutes, if you're just looking for a relaxation session, you know, what do you really do to just have fun? Well, I'll, uh, a couple things, you know, I'll type some obscure message into company chat to see if I can get a rise out of people, <laughs> see who's on, who's paying attention. Uh, but I'll typically just kind of default to my go-to gathering route through Monarch Bluffs, or I'll go pick something that I want to learn. Where are all the iron spawns in Everfall? And I'll do some quick Google food to pull up a map and see where, you know, somebody's probably plotted them out on a map somewhere. So I'll look it up and, and then I'll go exploring and just go find that stuff. And, and to me, that's really fun to, you know, find where things are that I haven't necessarily, maybe I've seen them before, but I wasn't intentional about it. So those are kind of the two things I'll do is, you know, chat or just kind of go learn and explore. Most recently, it's been learning how the hot spots work with fishing, you know, just learning how to not <laughs> accidentally right click while fishing and getting mad at myself for losing a fish, but just just figuring out that whole mechanic. And, you know, I think I'm like level 29 right now. So I'm just barely into fishing and understanding how it all works. but to me, discovering how the professions work has been my greatest source of fun. So what about you? I think that the most enjoyment I've had in the past couple of weeks has been discovering the economy and understanding how each trading post is a, almost an entirely different like metagame inside of the game. One of the things about the economy that I just enjoy is that when I go on different gathering runs in different zones, and I end up dumping all those things in the trading post. You know, I do like the professions and I have enjoyed leveling the professions to a certain point, but I haven't focused on that. I enjoy controlling the economy more than I enjoy leveling the professions, although I think the professions are really profoundly interesting, to be totally honest with you. I go out and we'll do a gathering run and I've developed some gathering runs for a couple of the low to mid-level zones. And that's really what I do when I really need to relax. I just, I go out and do my runs until my person and my storage shed are completely full. So it becomes, okay, what do I do with all this stuff? If it's a ton of things and that I can focus on leveling a profession, I might 
dump them into making things that I can get rid of to level a profession. Or if I don't have that much time or if I don't feel like doing it, I've really enjoyed getting into and understanding the economies because there are no add-ons for this game yet. And so like in World of Warcraft, there is several add-ons that can track everything and really, really get into the nitty-gritty of what items sell for, what their average cost is, and how efficient is it to mine that for different time spent and all of those different things. But we don't have any of that. So the only way to really get into it is having a, a spreadsheet or a trusty pen and paper in my particular case and go back and forth between a couple of different trading posts and start to understand where the economy's at. And you get so much Azoth from just farming things that I never run out of Azoth, so I just fast travel back and forth. And I've really enjoyed uh, getting into that. And making money has been fun to create my own challenge. So I've definitely done things and and said, okay, so I want to make 10,000 gold today, or I want to make 20,000 gold today. And so what I do is I'll just say, okay, how am I going to do that? And I just figure out, you know, there's one of about 10 to 15 common items that are hot in this particular area. And you figure out what those things are. You figure out who's trying to control the market. And then you can go and do that. And I've had a lot of fun doing that. And even if I can only play for about an hour, I can still set that up and then come back in and then, you know, log back in having five, 6,000 more gold. And I enjoy that part of MMOs. I enjoy the sandbox economies, and I enjoy understanding as the player base migrates through the MMO system, there's going to be different needs and different demands on the economy. So different things are going to be worth more and different things are going to be worth less. And I've really had a fun time guessing at that and doing some speculation with items. And some of them have hit, some of them have been a complete bust, and I just think it's great. So I would say gathering runs are where I go to relax and then micromanaging and figuring out the economy and how I can manipulate it the best is, is where <laughs> I'm finding the most satisfaction. That's I think it's awesome because, you know, we've had a bunch of conversations recently about, oh man, I love the economy in this game, right? I think you and I have probably said that to each other like 20 times in the last week. And as we, as you just explained that, I realized that we've probably come to some of the same conclusions, but we went about it in such different ways. I also love the economy in this game because what the economy helps me do and the trading posts and the fact that you can look up all the trading posts, even though you have to go to the specific one to buy, you can kind of see where things sell for more or if there's any available, even if they're not available on your trading post. But I went about it completely differently. I use the economy to be like, okay, why is this expensive? Should I buy it? Should I learn how to farm it? Where does it come from? And so one of the original reasons why I got into doing all the professions was I love arbitrage. I love, you know, buying something in one place, moving it somewhere else and and selling it for more or taking an item, crafting it into a new item and then selling that and trying to see where the profits are. And so the other thing New World does is a lot of the professions require a significant amount of material that are used for either multiple professions or you actually need something refined by another profession, like Arcana and the Motes and the Essences and the Quintessences are used in a lot of the other professions, like Jewel Crafting, for example. For me, understanding where things come from and then meshing that or cross-referencing that with the trading post to see why certain things are really expensive and why they're not is how I've come to a greater understanding in the game. And I'll give one example of this, and there are tons of them. But my favorite example that really helped me understand where things come from, how you can get them, or why they're valuable were the quintessences. So if you start doing jewel crafting, or you go to get a amulet crafted or something, and someone tells you, yeah, you need to get the gem, or you need to get a cut gem, I can cut it for you, it takes some of these materials. Well, the higher level amulets and rings and earrings, they will require an item called a quintessence. So if you're just starting out, you've probably seen motes of life or air or soul that you get from gathering or mining, things like that. Well, those those upgrade over time and you can get um, you can turn those into higher level items or you can find those. I was working on jewel crafting and I went to buy some a fire essence because I was one short. And it was selling for like 400 gold. And I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just bought some earth quintessence and they were selling for like five gold. And so 
I started asking company chat. I got into general chat and I was like, whoa, why is Earth Quintessence so cheap? Well, at the time, I didn't know this, but there are bears that you can mine later on in the game and they will give you Earth Quintessences. And there are also some wolves in certain areas that you can, I think you use your logging axe, I think it is, and they will give you life quintessence. And so the life and the earth quintessences are rather inexpensive because you don't have to craft to get them. But because the quintessences in those categories are easy to get or relatively easier to get than the other elemental stuff, their lower tiers tend to be more expensive because a lot of people just skip the lower tiers and go straight for the quintessence for things like gems. But they don't necessarily keep or farm the other ones. So there can be a really big benefit to hanging on to lower level life and lower level earth materials because you can get the high level ones really easy, but no one's really after those lower ones. So for me, I love the economy because I can learn all of that through my own experience in crafting and doing the professions and then weighing that against what things are valued at on the trading post. And so that's why I love the economy. And you just explained a completely different love for the economy. But in approaching it, we've probably learned some of the same lessons or some of the same conclusions, but the lessons were wildly different. Oh, totally. And that's the cool thing about the way this game works. There are so many different ways to play it, and most of what you do is meaningful to progression. There really is not a lot of wasted time. I think it's great that you found enjoyment in doing things in a in your own way, just as I found enjoyment in playing the, the auction house or the trading post and doing things the way that I, I like it. One of the things I wanted to finish up with was a tip on how to create your own gathering run and make it meaningful to you so that at the end of it, when you're just before you're encumbered and you go back to the settlement in the area where you're getting your most bang for your, either your profession grinding or for your trading posting, that you don't waste your time. So there's a couple of things. Focus on one of the harvesting or one of the gathering professions now, at 175, you'll be able to harvest wire fiber, and then you're also going to be able to harvest orichalcum for mining, and that's going to be your top two things. But if you get them all to 150 at least, you're going to be able to hit everything except those. And then you can go out and say, okay, I can go out and harvest as much hemp, as much food from the farms as I need, as much iron or star metal or anything like that. But develop a run in whatever zone you like the best. And the best part is you don't even have to be max level to do this. You can do this way before you hit max level. You can find something that is not only profitable, but gives you XP, gives you a bunch of mats that if you do choose to grind a profession, you can do that. And if you don't choose to grind a profession, you can just bank money until you get to max level and then you can decide what you're going to do with it. When you're out about trying to level all these gathering professions, it's going to be tempting to just cut down a random tree or harvest that boulder or whatever you're going to do. But focus on one at a time and you can really get to that max level quicker. It will help you as you push your way through the entire game. Because if you spend all of your time in the first three zones, leveling one of them at a time, getting like your harvesting up to 150 and then getting your mining up to 150. And if you just focus on that, you're going to have that done before you push into the higher level zones, before you're pushing into Morningdale or Restless Isle or Weaver's Fen or Eden Grove. And you get up in the northern part and where there's a bunch of higher level mats, which are there, and you don't want to be, have to walk past those. So that's my first major tip in developing your own gathering run to make money and it levels those gathering skills earlier in your leveling journey, which will be helpful in the end. Now, the second thing I would say is, when you're doing that, there are several things you can do with the mats. And it may seem like it's a complete waste, but it's okay if you go back to the settlement and your bags are full of green wood and aged wood. And if you have like 4,000 green wood and 2,000 aged wood, turn those green wood into timber and throw them up on the trading post. You're only going to sell them for 0.1 or 0.09. But if you take, you know, 1,300 of those, that's 130 gold. If you take your aged wood and you're selling it for 0.19 or 0.18 and you've got 2,000 of them, 
that's like, you know, 200 plus gold right there. And if you can do that for 20 minutes of effort, every time you're on, your gold supply is never going to be a problem for you. And I think a lot of people overlook the value of leveling gathering professions with the intention of selling. It seems like it's tedious, but you're doing something which is going to benefit you in the long run as you level. Take those boulders from level one, turn them into stone block, and throw them up on the trading post. Everything that you level when you're starting off with your gathering professions has value. If it's harvesting, you're going to get herbs, you're going to get hemp, and that hemp is going to have fiber. Turn those fibers into linen, and you're going to be tempted to turn them into sateen, but don't. Keep them all at linen, and that's when you can start leveling your professions, when you have timber, linen, and then when you're killing animals and you're harvesting rawhide and you're turning that rawhide into coarse leather, the first level, you can start really taking advantage of leveling your professions or all of those mats are what everyone else needs to level their professions, throw them off the trading post, make some money. And it's going to be tempting to just overlook that because at 0.1 or 0.09 or 0.08 per item, you're going to say, well, what's the point? That's like eight cents. But if you have thousands of them and it's very simple and easy to get thousands of them at a time with not that much effort, it really goes a long way. Now, the other piece of this too is you're going to level up as your harvesting gets higher, you're going to level up and be able to get moats and be able to get the special types of resources that are out there. You're going to get things that are classified as fungi, (laughs) fungi uh, out there in the world, you know, like like the different spine cap, tango wisp, toad pots, those kinds of things. And they're going to give you moats. The moats are going to be gray. Sell all those moats, especially in the beginning. It's going to make you a ton of money. And then when you start to choose to level up some of the professions, you know where to get them to level them up so you don't have to buy them. But sell that stuff. Get yourself a good war chest. If you get to max level and you're sitting on 10, 15,000 gold, you're going to be able to do whatever you want. And I think that's just an easy way to make the max level piece of the game a more enjoyable experience. Instead of trying to grind your way up and and really kind of struggle your way up, you can always buy gear to keep yourself competitive as you level. Although in this game, it's not totally necessary, but you can always do that. If you do feel the need to progress your gear score along the way, at every level, you can almost buy a piece of meaningful gear. But I would say wait until every five levels. So, you know, 20, 25, 30, 35, 40. At those five level intervals, you can buy something that's meaningful and it usually doesn't cost more than like 50 or 100 gold and you'll notice a huge impact on your primary stat like my primary stat leveling up i was using a great axe with strength and i always was able to get a largely impactful gain in leveling by just using my time to farm money to get that next piece of gear and i never had any trouble playing the game in whatever way i wanted to so it's basically a long way to describe a tip that i want everyone to grab as a concept to not overlook the value of what you can farm easily and sell in bulk on the trading post. Yeah, I think that's fantastic because largely the experience I got from level 40 to 53 was largely from gathering and profession grinding. And then I had the uh, sort of hard uh, rebirth into the world of killing monsters my own level, which was interesting. But as a as a kind of slight modification to your strategy and tip, which I love because I totally agree with it, I added in the profession piece to that as well, which you get experience for crafting. And so, like I, for example, I picked uh, armor smithing or armoring or or weapon smithing at one point. One of the things I did is I was pick an efficient recipe, you know, so like the iron great axe, for example, and it would require so many iron ingots. It would require so much timber and it would require so much leather and it didn't require any linen. And so I would just write down the uh, ratios. I would need like one fourth of the amount of iron that I got in timber and I would need one sixth of the amount of iron I got from skinning. So when I would go do my gathering route, I had that profession in mind and I would go get, say, 2,000 iron. Well, I knew that I needed 500 greenwood, and then I would take 2,000 divided by six, and that's how much, you know, leather I needed. So 350 or whatever, something around there. And so then I knew that that's what I was going to use to craft iron great axes. And over time, you'll learn that you get bonuses and stuff like that. 
and certain items that you salvage give you iron, some give you leather. And so in that case, I learned later that by salvaging great axes after making them, I got iron back. So I didn't need to farm as much iron up front. So just kind of a little thing I found there. But I used the same kind of strategy that anything outside of iron, leather, and wood or excess that I couldn't use to craft at the time, I would sell just kind of like you did. And I would just use that gold to keep piling it up, piling it up, piling it up so that when I needed to buy new gear or when I you know, didn't get enough leather or didn't get enough lumber or whatever, I could go buy that. Or I could buy stuff and check the town board quests every time I was back to see if there was a quest up there that I could just buy from the trading post and turn that in for easy experience with the gold I was earning from selling from the gathering route. So kind of two different takes on the same idea, but it's such good advice. I used very similar advice going from level 40 to 53 almost exclusively. Yeah, it's great. I I hope that that's useful for somebody out there. I hope that you definitely, uh, you know, can take that and add it to your own gameplay and figure out a way to make things better for yourself. So let us know down in the comment section. Leave us a comment on whatever platform you're listening on. If you're listening on YouTube, uh, let us know there. If you're listening on Apple, leave us a five-star review there and uh, let us know in the comment section, you know, what you're doing to make your leveling as enjoyable as you can. What's your favorite thing about the game? We'd love to hear from you. You can always join our Discord server, which is in the show notes. Go ahead and join Discord. We have a 2,000-plus active community of gamers there that have several games. New World obviously is included, but there's also Escape from Tarkov, PUBG, and Among Us, World of Warcraft, a couple other communities. We all hang out together and have a good time just gaming. But that's about it for tonight. So thank you, everyone, for listening to this point. As MTB Trigger mentioned in the beginning of the show, we are a 100% listener supported. So if you get a moment, if you enjoy what we're doing here, check out our Patreon. We have levels as low as $1 a month and everything goes back into the podcast to make it better. If you have any feedback on if you like the podcast or if you think we could do something better, please let us know. Besides that, you can find this podcast wherever audio podcasts are available. So check us out on Apple, Spotify, Deezer, all these other cool places out there, Google Podcasts. And of course, you can always listen to it on YouTube as well at XP Media Now. But that's about it. You can find me if you need want to send me a message in-game. I'm Ronald Gaming. You can also check me out on Discord and send me a message there. We're checking those pretty much all day long at Ronald Gaming there. You can follow me on Twitter at Ronald Gaming, and you can also email the show at xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And as for me, you can find me on Twitch, Twitter, Discord, like Ronald said. I'm MTB Trigger in all the places, including in-game, so feel free to message me in any of those places. But yeah, as for this show and for us, you know how to find us, you know how to help, and we just, uh, yeah, hope you hope you have an awesome time as you're continuing the adventure in New World, and we'll talk to you all soon. Thank you very much. See you, everybody.